Life Audio. This is not going to be a boring podcast episode. I sure hope not. I guarantee it. So welcome to the TMS Podcast, where we share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. Hey everyone, we're Ted and Ashley Slater, and today we're talking about why a boring marriage can be a good thing. We'll share what a boring marriage is and three practical ways you can have one. <laughs> What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So last year, I wrote an article for Boundless.org. It's a, it's a publication to focus on the family. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're quite familiar with it since you did work there for a while. there for five years. But anyway, it was called Why a Boring Marriage is a Good Thing. And it was inspired by the fact that, Ted, you and I often say, we're so glad we have a boring marriage. <laughs> yeah. Who, who, who says that with a smile? I know. Some mm-hmm. people probably think we're crazy because, you know, boring isn't even remotely close to the adjective most of us want you know, to modify the noun marriage, especially if we're describing our own. Right. I think maybe uh, people think of the term boring and they think of dull. They think of tiresome, uninteresting. But we're not using that term in that that way. When we're talking about boring, we're talking about something. Well, what are we talking about? Well, we actually came up with a list of a few characteristics that make a marriage boring. (laughs) This is so absurd. And these are things that we actually try to cultivate and practice in our marriage. Okay. Okay, So the first one. The first thing. It's a drama-free zone. But I like drama sometimes. Yeah. You like drama in the form of plays and movies Uh and that kind of thing. But as far as relational drama between you and me. That's not a good thing. uh, Right. I mean, drama, or as our friend Suzanne Goslin defines it in one of her articles, overblown emotions and actions isn't the same thing as having conflict. Okay. You know, a lot of people like to think that drama and conflict are interchangeable. You know, those words are, but they're not. There's a lot of drama in our relationship. There's a lot of conflict in our relationship. I I could see how people could think those are the same thing. Right. Because it's true that drama does and can include some kind of conflict, but Mm -hmm. not all conflict results in drama. Right. Or it's characterized by drama, right? Right. Productive conflict. Yeah. Are we talking about that in this uh, season? Conflict. Or season. 
At some point, we're going to look at some communicate practical communication tips we can use to help us navigate conflict well. But we're um, not talking about conflict at the moment. Not in depth. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I mean, every marriage has conflict. Right. You know, the occasional disagreements that need to be worked through together. And James, you know, James 4, 1 to 3, Scripture gives us insight into what causes quarrels. You remember what James said, right? I do. I do. I do. Do you want me to read yeah. it? Yeah. Why don't you read it? Okay. Well, I'm going to paraphrase <laughs> it. You, you know, it. our selfish desires war within us and drive us to sometimes fight with each other. Hmm. And the thing is that no matter how far along we are in our walk with the Lord, you know, if both spouses are following Jesus, which hopefully that's the case mm-hmm. in right. um, the marriages of those listening, it is in ours. Um, there's always going to be some degree of selfishness in our hearts. And so we'll always have some degree of conflict. conflict. Right. right. And... When you're in an authentic relationship where you bring your real self to the relationship, conflict's bound to happen too. But conflict always comes with opportunity to grow closer and stronger as you face disagreements together as a team. And Mm -hmm. we talked a lot about that in the last season. Right. Um, I think when we talked about conflict being an adventure and not a threat. That was a good episode. It was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So how do you know whether the conflict has turned to drama? Ted, could you share some of the possible indicators? The conflict has turned to drama. Okay. Um, if the conflict is highly emotional and explosive. Like always. Yeah. Like always. Yeah. I mean, um, we all have our moments. Right. Although explosive is a strong term. That's a scary term. That's a scary term. Yeah. Yeah. Emotional, maybe explosive, there's a problem. Yeah. Conflict is always the other person's fault and is characterized by personal attacks, big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of an attack. Right, yeah. But, yeah. They can't see the twinkle in your eye. Yeah, I got a twinkle in my eye. Yeah. Conflict is ongoing because it's never fully resolved and the wrong is never wholly forgiven. Right. You're going to have drama just percolating. Right. It's always, you can't have a lighthearted marriage, right. as we talked about in the past. So, but in a boring or drama-free marriage, conflict tends to look more like this. Let's hear it. If a disagreement gets too emotional, there's a commitment to temporarily step away and calm down before continuing to work through it. So it's okay to let the sun go down in your anger? Yeah, I think as long as you're not... Putting it off. Putting it off and choosing not to resolve it. That's um, I mean, I like to think of it as a break room. You know, Mm -hmm. if you work in an office, there's usually a break room. And so you step away from your work sometimes and go to the break room. But then you eventually return to your work. And I think in marriage, sometimes we have to go to the break room. We have to step away from the conflict, take a break, spend some time with the Lord. And then when we're ready, go back out to the work of working through the conflict. I can see how if if you don't do that, then the conflict could turn to drama and just fruitless. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So another conflict tends when in a boring or drama-free marriage, there's also an intentional effort to understand the other person's perspective and recognize your own personal responsibility mm-hmm. for what's going on. Mm-hmm. Conflict is resolved as much as possible, and there's no tally of wrongs kept. Mm-hmm. And a boring marriage doesn't have drama. But what it does have is two people committed to approaching and tackling conflict in a healthy, mutually beneficial way. Okay, so Ted, yes. what's the second characteristic of a boring marriage? 
I would say commitment outweighs personal fulfillment. Yeah. And this is the one that sometimes people can have kind of a defensive reaction to because we all want to feel personally fulfilled. Absolutely. Especially in our most important human relationship. And I want you to be personally fulfilled. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with wanting that to a certain extent. However, and this is a big however, once we've made that until death do us part covenant, a driving need for personal fulfillment has the potential to add a lot of unwanted drama Mm -hmm. to marriage. And boring marriages are drama-free zones. No, I could see that. There'd be a lot of selfishness if you're uh, driven to personal fulfillment. Right. I mean, Nobody likes selfishness. No, it's not good for a marriage. I mean, look back at the first couple, Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. God created them to be united, cooperative, and committed. And they were until, well, they weren't. When they started seeking personal fulfillment over God's instruction, everything fell apart. I know. Give me that fruit. Right. Here, <laughs> I need try to that be, fruit. I need to be like God, mm. you know? And if we fast forward to today, we all either know or know of couples where one or both of the parties has determined that personal fulfillment is more important than the commitment they made to each other. Mm. And when this happens, marriages crumble and families are destroyed. I mean, there's a spouse who decides they made a mistake and they didn't marry their soulmate Yuck. or the one who feels right. like they're being held back from chasing their dreams. Mm-hmm. They need freedom and they defi- decide divorce is the answer. Right. And that's not, uh, it's not teamwork. If you're like each focus on your own selfish ambitions. Right. And I think we have to clarify, we're not mm-hmm. talking about an abusive relationship. Right. You know, if there's abuse, it's vital to get help and get safe And if there's dysfunction or addiction, it's helpful and necessary to seek biblical counseling. We're talking about couples who decide their spouse doesn't make them happy or fulfill them anymore. Mm. And I think we have to realize that obligation isn't a dirty word, which is something we're going to talk about more in the next episode. Like I'm obligated to love you. Right. (laughs) And we'll unpack that more next time. So say, Say put a pin in it, as they say, right? And while our feelings do matter, marriage isn't meant to be built on a foundation of how we feel about each other Mm -hmm. at any given moment. Mm -hmm. That's why in a boring marriage, commitment outweighs feelings and personal fulfillment. It remembers that you and me have become us. We're team us. All right. So we have talked about how a boring marriage is a drama-free zone, Mm -hmm. how commitment outweighs personal fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And the third one is that there's no power couple status required. Hmm. What do you mean by that? terms power couple well a couple of episodes ago we talked about how on our move out here to arizona we Mm -hmm. stopped at chip and joanna Gaines magnolia market right i love chip and joanna Gaines, but they are definitely what our culture would label a power or superstar couple Mm -hmm. right and i'm grateful that we have couples like that who are amazing teams that god uses to encourage others but i think that sometimes that can make us when we're looking at our spouses feel the pressure to want to be maybe more than God's calling us to be, Mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, we need to do this or that, or, you know, something high profile that's exciting and fulfilling. So we're, we're not doing something high profile and fulfilling, well, high profile and, uh, you know, in the limelight, like Chip and Joanna, then it's okay. Right. Yeah. It's totally okay. God doesn't call all of us to be a power couple. Just be a simple, boring couple. That's just, just, Simply following God and serving each other. and Right. There's nothing wrong with being a plumber or an accountant 
or just serving faithfully or a website developer. I mean, some people might go, oh, well, you're saying that and you're recording a podcast and you have books, but we're just faithfully doing the things that God has put before us. Right. You were asked to write a book. You didn't pursue right. it actively. And we were asked to do a podcast. Right. And so we step into these opportunities and say, okay, yes, but I still <laughs> think we're kind of a boring couple. <laughs> Thank God. You know, <laughs> I mean... We like to spend our Friday nights in our pajamas watching TV, and we usually fall asleep while we're watching it, you know? Uh-huh, there's chicken actu- wing sauce on my shirt. Well, yeah. And there's actually what? There's a Ben Rector song called Crazy that this one makes me think about. Crazy. Do you have the lyrics to that song? I don't have the lyrics oh, pulled out, on. but it's basically we... He's describing a relatively normal couple life where they... They might go to a restaurant with some friends and, oh, they try something crazy. They get appetizers. Right. <laughs> or they stay up past nine. Uh-huh. Or That's crazy. Right. And it's, I don't know. It's it's a cool song. It is. So if you have not heard it, look up the Ben Rector song, Crazy. Maybe it helps you appreciate the little things in a, a normal life. Right. So I guess the encouragement with this one is that it's okay to just be a normal couple who is just faithfully doing what God has called you to do and faithfully loving each other, that might seem boring to some people, but it's not. That's a good thing. That, you know, it's not position or prestige as a couple that matters most. It's obedience and devotion to God and to each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. so those are three things that can characterize a boring marriage. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to talk about some ways that we have a boring marriage and those listening can have a boring marriage. You know, if you're like, yeah, count me in. I want to have a boring marriage. <laughs> Where do I say? Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe you want to pick your own adjective. Maybe boring's not the word you want to use, yeah, but I mean, we're using it a little bit lightheartedly. Right. A little bit of a wink and right. yeah. Okay. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. So the first one is, Pick your yeses wisely. Yes. <laughs> Is that a wise yes <laughs> I there? I guess. Uh-huh. I don't know. What okay. do you mean by that? Well, sometimes couples spread themselves too thin. The pursuit of the next great thing, even if it's being chased together, has the potential to take priority over the relationship itself. But boring mm. marriages don't let that happen. I mean, one reason it has taken us a year and a half to record more podcast episodes <laughs> right. is... Because we had some boring stuff to take care of. We had some boring stuff to take care of. <laughs> right. We just could not fit yeah, it into point. the schedule in a way that still allowed us to prioritize each other and yeah. our kids. And the changing season we're in. Right. That's a good that's So, example. you know, and when I was writing one of the books a couple of years ago. You've written two books? I've written two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that. You birthed two pieces of literature. Right. But when I was writing them, you know, uh-huh. I had friends ask me, how do you balance it all? You know? <laughs> Book writing, marriage, kids. I was homeschooling at the time. And my response was, I don't, because there's no such thing as having it all. That's a lie. 
When we say yes to everything, there's a good chance something's going to suffer or be neglected. So it's essential that we decide what our yeses are. That's a good point. Like we do not have the perfectly clean and organized home. It's it's not dirty, right? but that's one of the things that doesn't always take priority. Right. Sometimes there are dishes in the sink. Sometimes there are couch pillows on the floor. Yeah. Papers here and there. Kids stuff Backpack. in the corners. <laughs> and we've learned to be okay with the bit of creative chaos. Creative chaos. Good way to put it. Right. And you know, there's been times when I've scaled back on my writing or we've taken a you mm-hmm. know, we've taken a break from serving in areas we enjoy because we've had to say in this season, it can't be one of our yeses. So right. sometimes you say no to good things. Right. Well you can't you can't have every night filled with something. Then you no. can't go on a date night. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. so got to have some free time, open time. Yeah. Okay. To fill with boringness. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So number two is pick your comparisons wisely. Hmm. So I once heard someone say that comparing ourselves with others isn't all bad. Mm-hmm. It helps us strive to do better. But are we choosing comparisons that are not only positive, but also realistic? You know, if we compare ourselves and our marriage to Chip and Joanna, oh, back to them again. I am. Very I love nice. them. I do love them. Right. No, you I, know, I, I and like I picked them, them because they are an awesome couple. Right. You know, self-deprecating. Um, but if we compare ourselves to them, we're probably going to feel like we came up short. <laughs> yep. And we may start striving to try to be some form of power couple, and maybe it's not what God has mm. for us. So instead, we can look at a couple at our church who quietly walks out their marriage with mutual respect and unwavering commitment. Or maybe we seek to learn from our parents who've shown us what it means to navigate the highs and the lows of life hand in hand. Right. So I think it's okay to compare ourselves to other marriages Mm -hmm. that we want to be more like, but we should choose wisely. Absolutely. Right. I mean, you have to have examples that you're striving toward. People maybe further along the road that you look up to, you can, you know. Right. Learn from them. Yeah. Okay, number three is pick your friends and advisors wisely. So there's lots of opinions on the right way to walk out marriage and the best way to love a spouse, but it doesn't mean all of them are helpful. Not all of them are biblically centered or put commitment above personal fulfillment. So because of that, it's important that we choose our close friends, those who often become our advisors wisely. And we actually, if you go back to last season, we talk about friends and friendship. Right. And how some friendships are, they, they might give bad counsel. Right. You know, discouraging and talking down about marriage. Exactly. Yeah. So you want to look for people who highly value biblical marriage. They view and speak about the opposite sex with respect and they build up marriage and not just the individual spouses. Mm-hmm. And if you want to kind of hear those things unpacked, yeah, go back and listen to I think it's probably episode nine Mm -hmm. from last season about it'll have friendship in the title. Yeah. And when a marriage hits rough patches and every marriage will, even a boring one, those are the friends and advisors who help us finish well. They encourage us to say no to drama and yes to commitment. Yeah. You're just nodding. (laughs) That's just nodding. (laughs) Solid. So to recap, Mm -hmm. a boring marriage can be a good thing. A boring marriage is characterized by a no drama zone, choosing commitment over personal fulfillment. And what was the third one? Oh, you don't have to have power couple status. It's okay to just faithfully live out your life in what might be considered a boring way. And 
three ways you can have a boring marriage mm-hmm. are to pick your yeses wisely, pick your comparisons wisely, and pick your friends and advisors wisely. Lots of picking. Right. And lots of wisdom. <laughs> right. Basically use wisdom. Right. Right. And the book of Proverbs is great. If you're like, I don't know where to find wisdom, read the book of Proverbs. Sure. So at the end of every episode, we give you an us, us time challenge, mm-hmm. something practical you and you and your spouse or you and your spouse can do together. So, Ted, what is the challenge this week? Well, I confess that I discovered Ben Rector only a few months ago, and I really like his stuff. It makes me think it, it encourages me to be a better person, to uh, make the most of life every day, the boring days as well as the exciting, creative, fulfilling, wild days. His song, Crazy, is probably a good one to, to listen to. So I, I guess I'd encourage people to find the song, Crazy. It might be on YouTube or iTunes or maybe you own a copy. And uh, listen to it actively. Look at the lyrics. Wrestle with the lyrics. Yeah, it's just a fun song. And it yeah. uh, reminds you that every day of life can be uh, a wild ride. And I'm going to add to that, after you do that, plan a crazy evening or outing like the ones he talks about in the song. Okay. And see how much that kind of thing can be fun, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. So, all right. Well, thanks for listening. We hope this was encouraging and helpful to you. And next time, we're going to talk about how love isn't enough to keep you together. (laughs) Team Us with Ted and Ashley Slater is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review the podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. I'm Billy Yancey, entrepreneur, fitness cowboy, father, retired Navy cornerback, and now podcast host. Listen to my new show, Billy and the Goat, on Life Audio. Happy listening.